Chapter eighty three The Lure of Pleasure. The natural mind leans toward pleasure and self gratification. It is Satan's policy to manufacture an abundance of this. He seeks to fill the minds of men with a desire for worldly amusement, that they may have no time to ask themselves the question. How is it with my soul? The love of pleasure is infectious. Given up to this, the mind hurries from one point to another, ever seeking for some amusement. Worldly pleasures are infatuating, and for their momentary enjoyment, many sacrifice the friendship of heaven with the peace, love, and joy. That it affords, but these chosen objects of delight soon become disgusting, unsatisfying. In this age of the world, there is an unprecedented rage for pleasure. Dissipation and reckless extravagance everywhere prevail. The multitudes are eager for amusement. The mind becomes trifling and frivolous. Because it is not accustomed to meditation or discipline to study, ignorant sentimentalism is current. God requires that every soul shall be cultivated, refined, elevated, and ennobled. But too often, every valuable attainment is neglected for fashionable display and superficial pleasure. The exciting amusements of our time keep the minds of men and women, but more especially the youth, in a fever of excitement, which is telling upon their stock of vitality, in a far greater degree than all their studies and physical labors, and have a tendency to dwarf the intellect, and corrupt the morals. The youth are swept away by the popular current. Those who learn to love amusement for its own sake open the door to a flood of temptations. They give themselves up to social gaiety, and thoughtless mirth. They are led on from one form of dissipation to another, until they lose both the desire and the capacity for a life of usefulness. Their religious aspirations are chilled. Their spiritual life is darkened. All the nobler faculties of the soul, all that link man with the spiritual world, are debased. Many are eagerly participating in worldly, demoralizing amusements, which God's word forbids. Thus, they sever their connection with God and rank themselves with the pleasure lovers of the world. The sins that destroyed the antediluvians and the cities of the plain exist today, not merely in heathen lands, not only among popular professors of Christianity, but with some who profess to be looking for the coming of the Son of Man. If God should present these sins before you as they appear in His sight, you would be filled with shame and terror. The desire for excitement and pleasing entertainment is a temptation, and a snare to God's people and especially to the young, 
Satan is constantly preparing inducements to attract minds from the solemn work of preparation for scenes just in the future. Through the agency of worldlings, he keeps up a continual excitement to induce the unwary to join in worldly pleasures. There are shows, lectures, and an endless variety of entertainments that are calculated to lead to a love of the world. And through this union with the world, faith is weakened. The young generally conduct themselves as though the precious hours of probation, while mercy lingers, were one grand holiday, and they were placed in this world merely for their own amusement, to be gratified with a continued round of excitement. Satan has been making special efforts to lead them to find happiness in worldly amusements and to justify themselves by endeavoring to show that these amusements are harmless, innocent, and even important for health. Satan presents the path of holiness as difficult, while the paths of worldly pleasure are strewn with flowers. In false and flattering colors, he arrays the world with its pleasures before the youth. But the pleasures of earth will soon come to an end, and that which is sown must also be reaped. He is, in every sense of the word, a deceiver, a skillful charmer. He has many finely woven nets, which appear innocent, but which are skillfully prepared to entangle the young and unwary. Parents make a mistake in rushing their children into society at an early age, fearing that they will not know anything unless they attend parties and mingle with those who are lovers of pleasure. Even while they are at school, they allow their children to attend parties and mingle in society. This is a great mistake. In this way, children learn evil much faster than they do the sciences, and their minds are filled with useless things, while their passion for amusement is developed to such an extent that it is impossible for them to obtain a knowledge of even the common branches of education. Their attention is divided between education and a love of pleasure, and as the love of pleasure predominates, their intellectual advancement is slow. Like Israel of old, the pleasure lovers eat and drink and rise up to play. There is mirth and carousing, hilarity and glee. In all this, the youth follow the example of the authors of the books placed in their hands for study. The greatest evil of all is the permanent effect that these things have upon the character. As the time of their probation was closing, the antediluvians gave themselves up to exciting amusements and festivities. Those who possessed influence and power were bent on keeping the minds of the people engrossed with mirth and pleasure, lest any should be impressed by the last solemn warning. 
Do we not see the same repeated in our day? While God's servants are giving the message that the end of all things is at hand, the world is absorbed in amusements and pleasure-seeking. There is a constant round of excitement that causes indifference to God and prevents the people from being impressed by the truths which alone can save them from the coming destruction. Young Sabbath keepers who have yielded to the influence of the world will have to be tested and proved. The perils of the last days are upon us, and a trial is before the young which many have not anticipated. They will be brought into distressing perplexity, and the genuineness of their faith will be proved. They profess to be looking for the Son of Man, yet some of them have been a miserable example to unbelievers. They have not been willing to give up the world, but have united with the world in attending carnivals and other gatherings for pleasure, flattering themselves that they were engaging in innocent amusement. Yet it is just such indulgences that separate them from God and make them children of the world. God does not own the pleasure-seeker as his follower. Those only who are self-denying and who live lives of sobriety, humility, and holiness are true followers of Jesus, and such cannot enjoy the frivolous, empty conversation of the lover of the world. Let none begin to believe that amusements are essential and that a careless disregard of the Holy Spirit during hours of selfish pleasure is to be looked upon as a light matter. God will not be mocked. Let every young man, every young woman consider, Am I prepared today for my life to close? Have I the heart preparation that fits me to do the work which the Lord has given me to do?